Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. Hello, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are coming in from. I am so glad that you are here today for Joyosity Live. And today we're talking about change, productivity, and leadership. And one of the things that I notice when I am working with clients is that I find that there's kind of these two things about change. We're just going to do it just more, more, more. We're going to make it more productive and we're going to get there. Or the other ditch is a little bit like, well, what does everybody want? How are we going to get there? And it's just making sure everything is nice. You've been around a little bit. You know how I feel about nice. And whatever, we're going to get there. And meanwhile, productivity suffers. Change never really happens, which ultimately makes people unhappy at the end. And we don't want either one of those things. So I am so excited to bring Leilani Bloomquist on today. She is a digital transformation expert. She is a natural change agent and really has such a great perspective on the role of leadership in bringing change in an organization and uh, she's just a wonderful human in general. So I'm so excited to have Leilani on today. Welcome. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here with you. Absolutely. So glad that you are here. Uh, so tell the people, we always like to start with a story, you know, for our friends who are um, watching live. So if you're catching the replay, feel free to comment. We'll be here too. Um, tell everybody where did you, how did you get here? Give us a little bit of the story of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, love to. Um, as many people of my generation, we did not start in digital. Uh, so <laughs> I cut my chops in, you know, early business years in event planning and project management and marketing and ultimately found my way into the digital space and just loved the intersection of 
technology driving really strong value for customers as well as for businesses and of course the marketing space. And most importantly, I found a lot of my passion was just really driven by all of the customer insights that we could bring forward into businesses, organizations, leaders, et cetera, to help inform prioritization and how work was actually accomplished, right? And and also more importantly, to challenge our internal thoughts and processes around what we thought we knew and what our customers wanted. And so I absolutely love the intersection and the heart of customer experience being at the forefront of transformation efforts. So um, that's kind of a quick little like recap of how I made my way into this space overall. Yeah. One of the things I love about your work as a consultant that I think is the the broadly applicable thing to everybody who is listening is that you really have this idea of the customer first, which in my mind is also people first. Like how is a person going to interact with this? And when we think about productivity and change, sometimes I think we get so caught up in like, what does the number say? What does the thing do? And we sacrifice people because that makes the thing easier. Do you find that sometimes too? Yes, hands down. And depending on like the organization and the team and the the leaders overall, they may have varying degrees of um, exposure, right, to customer experience and customer insights and and also just a strong anchoring, which I continually bring into conversations if it's not already there, that customers are both internal and external to organizations and businesses. And so it's just as important to think about your employees as your customers, as well as, you know, external customers that are engaging with your brand and purchasing from you, right? And repurchasing and becoming brand ambassadors. And so that um, customer first lens is just really impactful, regardless of what lens you have on your business being internal, external, B2B, B2C. I find it just to be commonly universal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I wonder if you're listening in the comments, have you ever had that experience where somebody comes in and they're like, we're going to make this big change, a new big initiative comes and everybody kind of freaks out because we have this feeling of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to change the way we measure this, or we're bringing in this new person, or we're reorganizing, or we're like creating a new product. Um, what? How do you help people in that space when change is coming or there's a new what does the leader do to make that process really powerful with that customer first lens, either internal or external? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like one of the most powerful uh, and impactful things that leadership can do is lean into the vulnerability of not knowing exactly what this gonna, is going to look like, but that the goal is to actually learn and evolve and co-create together as an organization. Because if any leader or consultant or agency or employee comes in and says, I know how to solve it all. And it's exact <laughs> like blueprint and roadmap. One, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Every company, every team, every leadership dynamic has those nuances, right? That are going to tweak and evolve things, right? And so um, being really vulnerable and owning like what you know and what you don't know And also setting some of those core foundational principles of like how you're going to work together and how you expect your leaders and teams and employees to show up as a part of that process, I think can be one of the most impactful foundations to build as you're embarking on any amount of change, whether it be just with, you know, 
personal processes or business processes or larger digital transformation efforts. It's just a really solid foundation to start with. Uh, I I really cannot agree more. Like I'm just so like when you're talking about the transparency and the vulnerability, I think so many leaders think, no, I have to lead with absolute mm -hmm. confidence, which means like their correlation to confidence yeah. is I know exactly where we're, what we are going to do and how. When that actually, when it doesn't work, erodes people's trust in you. <laughs> and so when you talk about being vulnerable as a leadership skill, mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you see a leader doing that well? You know, like you've heard about here are the principles we're going to go off of. Mm -hmm. I kind of think of that as the chord sheet to jazz. Like we're going, we know these are our, our touchstones, but there's a lot of space in between. How do you, what are some of the things that leaders can do to lead with vulnerability in a way that people just, they can access? They're like, oh yeah, I want to follow you now. Yeah. I think oftentimes too, when, change is being mentioned, right? There can be this instinctual, very like human reaction of, oh, we're failing or doing it wrong, right? Or I'm not living up to what's expected of me, right? Or hitting goals. And so there's always this really healthy balance of celebrating what works really well and what you want to make sure that you don't erode as a part of that change process. Again, whatever scale that change is happening on. And anchoring to like, these are our core principles and processes. And we want to celebrate that, if anything, continue to grow and evolve, right? And this change doesn't mean anyone is failing. We're going to figure out what it means together. This is what we do know today. And if you do know certain things are changing, be transparent about that and ask people to raise their hand and actually volunteer to be a part of that change, right? Whether it's learning a new skill or a new process, right? Because I know in the technology space, right, there's always this initial reaction of like, you're just trying to take away jobs. And I would continually say technology is an enabler and it usually is there to also thoughtfully enable automation and processes so your employees can spend their brilliant time and energy and minds on much more thoughtful, impactful and strategic work. So it's not that those specific jobs are never going away it also opens up the opportunity to actually do higher value work. And yeah. I've seen this time and again in, in organizations and whether it's a data team or IT or marketing or business, there's just a lot of um, opportunities. And so opening up that dialogue and asking people to volunteer and raise their hand and ask questions, and then also being really thoughtful of setting up a structure for a feedback loop so people mm. feel invited into the conversation and like they have the opportunity to ask conversations. As you know, there's a lot of people that will not raise their hand in the meeting. <laughs> all those questions I want to know in the comments if you're the hand raiser in the meeting, because I know it's going to shock y'all. I'm 100% the hand raiser. Or if you're the person who's like, no, I'll wait till later. Thank you very much. Send <laughs> you an email. <laughs> yeah. And so just uh, being open, right, and supportive of how people process and uh, need to show up right in those really vulnerable spaces um, and just encouraging that dialogue to continue throughout the transformation, not going in a black hole, doing work and like popping back out. So how can that really active um, conversations of celebrating the wins, celebrating the learning, celebrating the failure, because the failure is also leading you to more learnings and actually winnings, you know, as you continue to transform and evolve. Um, it's just really impactful. So communication and change management is 
one of the most impactful um, programs to keep an eye on in any type of change or transformation. I think the thing that is so incredibly universal about what you're saying is that what I call a tight feedback loop. And, and you're making it clear. And, and those two things are, are so essential for involving people in a process in a genuine way. Because I have definitely been a part of things of like, we want to involve you in the process. Here's a survey. And like the one time the survey gets sent out and then, okay, we made all the decisions and it's not actually a loop. It's not a tight feedback loop where you come back and actually involve people. And that type of culture, what, you know, when I call joyosity, this positive culture, the part of culture that you're underlining here is that your words that we want your feedback align with your actions and you actually create a space for feedback to happen. I think that is incredibly powerful. So because I know you and I've had the opportunity to hear you speak a couple of times, one of the things that I heard you say one time was about the leader making decisions that sometimes, you know, you're talking about leading with vulnerability. We don't exactly know where things are going, but sometimes what happens is that there's this other kind of ditch of not ever making a choice. What? What's your experience with that? And tell me a little bit more. Yeah, there can definitely be a little bit of whether it's decision fatigue or anxiety or angst, right, about like getting it wrong. And um, one of the core principles that I coach to, that I advise, that I speak on, that I even live my own life on, right, is this 80% rule. Mm-hmm. of really just encouraging people to lean into if you know 80% and you have 80% confidence actually move things forward or if leaders are stuck in this um maybe swirl of like prioritization right yeah. they're not quite sure where to focus like have some active conversations with your business partners with your peers with your leadership on how would you prioritize this work? What is the biggest impact to business, clients, customers, internal operations, et cetera? And so ask for help when and where it's needed if you find yourself completely swirling. Yeah. Um, if there's full leadership teams that just can't come to a consensus, there's also opportunities to bring in individuals like myself to facilitate a workshop and a working session. And there's a really fantastic way to democratize that working session where there's some individual work and some group sharing. So it's not always the loudest voice in the room. Right. Um, (laughs) And sometimes really that dynamic needs to be put into place, right? Because Mm -hmm. you might have an internal dynamic of always having one or two loudest voices in the room, regardless of what the conversation is. And so Mm -hmm. there's also opportunities to lean on, you know, third party individuals or consultants that maybe are one step removed that can help facilitate those conversations And there's some innovation practices on voting and really digging deep into what needs to be true to move things forward and what are some of the dependencies that generally ends with a very clear prioritized list and a really solid alignment across an entire leadership team of cross-functional leaders Mm -hmm. out of those types of working sessions as well. So it depends on the extreme case and like what you're dealing with culturally, right, and with personal dynamics there's a couple different cards that you could uh, play to say, how can we actually move this forward and ensure that we have cohesive alignment mm-hmm. across leaders? Because rarely can any of our work actually get done in isolation anymore. No. We need all of our partners across the organization. <laughs> so that cross-functional um, leadership alignment is actually really critical in, in almost every organization that I work with. I think that's 
so, so powerful. I'm going to tell a quick little story before I do. Um, if you have a question for Leilani, please feel free to drop it in the comments or me because um, we would love to answer your questions. But I was at a... Um, I was I was a keynote speaker at a summit this weekend, and I was listening to some of the other speakers. And my, honestly, one of my favorite speakers, he spoke on retirement, but it wasn't actually about retirement. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. And one of the things that he was talking about was building a team around you and that some of those teams need to be on the outside. And he was using the example of even financial planners have financial planners, mm -hmm. even though they perfectly know the skill and they help other people. We all get stuck. I think Kim Kalp says, you know, you're stuck inside the ketchup bottle and you can't read what's on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so that outside voice can be so powerful, particularly when you're trying to, um, I love the way you used democratize, you know, just like even out and equ equity create, mm -hmm. I'm going to make up words at this point, um, to diminish the influence of just loud mm -hmm. and really help everybody have a role in making this decision. I think that that's what made me think of that. It's like even financial planners have financial planners. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know, bringing somebody in from the outside doesn't mean that we've been doing it wrong. Right. It just means we need an outside perspective that it can be incredibly powerful in your productivity, your leadership, and your and your change. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about when you say that 80% rule, like how I think that. I think that can be really scary for people because we have this idea of like a hundred percent. So <laughs> when you are helping somebody who feels still a little nervous, they've got 80%. How do you help a leader feel confident in moving forward or just getting to just, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to act. How do you help somebody through that? Sometimes it's even just working through the worst case scenario. I mean, yeah. I know that that is just a really old tool and technique, but it's really valuable, right? So powerful. Yeah. Like, okay, if you made this decision and move forward, like what is the worst case scenario? Most industries, and I won't say all, but most industries, um, we are not saving lives on a day-to-day -day basis, right? The decision that you make today is not in that type of criticality, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, there's professions that of course. are. <laughs> You know, and so understanding, like, if you wait an additional three to six months, also, what opportunities are you passing up? Yeah. yeah. What operational efficiencies are you not recognizing the value of? Mm -hmm. What are you modeling to your organization? I hear a lot of conversations, especially now where people are having to be really strong stewards of time and capacity and budgets, right? Like, are they focused on the right thing? And how can they move faster and be more nimble? The longer that you actually stall these decisions, and I'll say, like, make sure you have enough thoughtful information to inform sure. your decision, right? Like, be responsible with it, of course. But stalling a decision for months actually has huge impact from revenue and productivity and business impact and growth, mm -hmm. right? And you might actually have some really amazing insights and learnings from trying and failing that actually has you pivot and turns into something even more monumental. And so there's also a little bit of this in a very human reaction to failure. Mm -hmm. And so leaders that can truly embrace failure as learning and talk about it openly across the organization and with their peers and their teams, mm -hmm. they're the ones that actually start to very quickly foster cultures of innovation Absolutely. that allow more of that test and learn and experimental mm -hmm. um, just approach to work overall, which is also exciting and valuable and like hugely beneficial to businesses. 
Absolutely. I, um, I'm speaking at the State Department this week, which is so exciting. But one of the things as we were doing our prep call for this keynote, Jean, who is um, one of the undersecretaries um, that was working with me, she was like, one of the things that I'm trying to help people see is sometimes there's a, such a greater cost for not doing we right. get so caught up in the, if I do this, this is what will happen. We just completely ignore the mm -hmm. cost of not doing. Yeah. And I think for me, I know that when I just have to put something off and put something off, for example, my book proposal right now, I'm losing motivation. Yeah. I'm losing the motivation. And I think in innovation, we lose that kind of like, oh, I thought we were going to get done. I thought we were going to get done. And we can get weary in organizations when we put off decisions until perfection. And so I love that idea of, you know, what are you losing? What could be the worst case scenario? And what are you losing? Cause you're not at least trying and yeah. moving forward. It's so powerful. Okay. Our time is up. I can't even believe it every <laughs> single time. I, I need to get better at managing our time, but if you could please just tell the people you've given us so much wisdom today, what, where can they find you? How can they keep up with you? Your um, site is here. Boop, there. <laughs> Tell the people. Yes. Uh, I am highly accessible on LinkedIn. So please connect with me, reach out. I always love meeting other leaders and individuals, right? Uh, work across all verticals. Overall, I say I'm digital and digital is agnostic of verticals. Um, <laughs> is my website. Of course, you can always reach out to me there as well. But um, would love to connect with anyone um, and continue to broaden my LinkedIn network and what ends up becoming, you know, friends and family as well. So thank Absolutely. you. Leilani is a wonderful follow and human. So please connect with her. She has so much wisdom to offer. I'm so grateful you were here today. If you were here in the comments, I'm so grateful, Leilani, you were here today. Please join us next week. The CEO of Butter will be here. Jacob is coming to talk about hybrid and remote team collaborative work. If you've never heard of Butter, it is not just the lovely thing I have on my counter. It is a collaborative online tool that would be comparable to, you know, the one that starts with a Z, but has a little bit more panache and ability to uh, coordinate and collaborate. And so he's going to come talk about why that's so important and how they came up with this idea of butter. So please join us next week at 1 p.m. Eastern live here. Make sure that you, I hope that you took some notes from Leilani's uh fantastic mic drops just from the 80% rule of leading with vulnerability, involving people in feedback for real. So many great tips. So follow Leilani and join us here next week. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.